Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic. Jeff Kowal is here. We are live in studio, WISN Milwaukee, W. I-B-A in Madison. Jeff is your host, of course, every Saturday morning. Jeff, good morning to you. Good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And we've also got joining us on the phone today, John White. John White is with the Kowal Investment Group. You hear his voice Monday through Friday in those market updates and also in Madison. John, good morning. Great to have you joining us today. Hey, good morning, Paul. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, the plan for the show, Jeff, as always, we start by saying phone lines are open. We always have lines open during the retirement clinic for any questions that you might have about you, your retirement, 401k plans, IRAs, you name it, we talk about it. So please keep that in mind as the hour goes along. Lines are open at 799-1130. Of course, that's our Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take text, too. I figured out how to use the text thing. It only took me a month. That's right. I, I needed a password, and it just wasn't working. I got it figured out. So texts are welcome. And calls. We prefer the phone calls. Again, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1130. Jeff, the Kowal Investment Group. We've been doing this show since 2001. That's right. I was just figuring it's over 19 years that we've been doing this. I've been coming in for on Saturdays. It's It's been fun, a long, long time doing that. We're going to continue for a long time yet. Uh, but yeah, we've, we look at um, what's going on uh, with retirement investment planning. At the beginning, we thought, okay, what stuff's going to come up? You know, how much new stuff can we have? But even today, I've got new tables that have come out. Things are changing so much in retirement planning and investment business, especially now uh, at the end of the year, we've had a decent year in the markets. Are people starting to think about retiring in 2021? Is this going to be your year? Do you wait until after, you know, for a lot of people, uh, if, if you stay there the first quarter, if you stay there a couple of weeks into the new year, you get, you participate in bonuses, you get uh, other things. Uh, so, you know, the, the early part of the year may be a great time for you to think about retiring. Well, give us a call. Don't go this alone. Uh, if you have, you know, if you have a million, two million, three million, five million in assets, uh, our team is, is, is uniquely equipped to help you with that, with the retirement planning process, with your investments um, at the Kowal Investment Group. Hey, big shout out to Jeff, you, your staff, your son, Aaron, obviously, John White, who's with us today, and everybody uh, at the Kowal Investment Group, just named to 2025. Financial Times Top 400 Advisors. Congrats on that. Barron's Top Financial Advisor List 2020 as well. And every year going back to 2014, Milwaukee Biz Times Future 50. Uh, you name it, Jeff. You guys, great website if you want to start there. Thekowalway.com. Yeah, and, that's and I would be remiss because because uh, Alyssa is great in our office and she always remember reminds me to say, uh, remember you got to tell them about what's on their website. So thank you for bringing it up. The the You can request initial consultation on our website at the Kowalway K O W A L the Kowalway.com. But also up there now, and we'll talk more at the end of the show about what John just did and put up on the website. But uh, one thing we have is uh, Marie McFarland did. Uh, four-year retirement planning must-dos. Um, so year-end, four-year-end 
Retirement planning must do as the year is winding down quickly. It's not too late to make sure you're on track for your retirement goals in 2021. The blog is up on our website and includes a complete year-end checklist. So uh, make sure you go to our website, thekowalway.com. Uh, request an appointment if you'd like, but check out our blogs in this one for year re- Four year-end retirement planning must-dos. Well, there's only four, so that's not that hard. If they're must-dos, that means it's critical you do them. That's critical you do them, yes. By the end of the year, John White, you obviously have lots of clients you meet all the time with. As we are in the last month now, this is our first show, The Retirement Clinic. It's the first show of December. John, do you stress kind of that um, oh, there's some urgency right now? Oh, absolutely. You know, December 31st is a deadline for many uh IRA accounts and 401ks. Um, and, you know, time moves fast. We're already on the 5th of December. And in some ways, this year has gone slow, but in some ways, I can't believe we're here at the moment. Um, so, yeah, we definitely stress people got to get things checked off that list before we ring in the new year. Isn't that so true? Everybody hated this year. I mean, a lot of people hated this year. There are some good things this year, too, of course. But a lot of people couldn't wait for it to be done. Here it is. We're almost done with it. Um, I, 2020 sucked. Let's just, my daughter got married in January. But see, they're all the positive was, things. Yeah, you're right. Positive and and count like your that. blessings yep. for those that are healthy. I'm, I'm not saying that. You know what I'm saying, yeah, Jeff. I do know what you're saying. It just did. It did. It, 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 the whole divisiveness and protests and burning buildings down, it was not fun. Uh, One then, thing after another. And you think, when's it going to end? Well, it is coming to an end. Of course. This too shall pass, right? Yep. Uh, maybe it's the vaccine or maybe it's just time. Eventually, we're not going to be talking about COVID like we do every day. Eventually, the political stuff is going to settle down and we won't be talking about that. You know what is always going to be on top of our minds, Jeff? Our finances, our retirement plan. That never goes away. Well, and we try to make... Um uh, make it easy for you to do the planning. Again, this is something that we do on a daily basis. For a lot of people that we work with, they go back to work, they go back to their families, they go back to their lives, and don't worry about this part of it. That's why it's so important for the last 33 years since 1987, we've been doing retirement planning. That's all we do. We manage almost a billion dollars of investments for our clients, so we do the investments as well. And I want to start today with Brian Westbury. Brian is chief economist um at First Trust and uh, First Trust Advisors. And we rely on on a very few uh, uh, economic forecasts, economists, um, because they're usually wrong. And a lot of them are are trying to get FaceTime. They're trying to sell subscriptions. They're trying to get their face on CNBC or Fox Business. So a lot of things will be um, sensationalized. But Brian Westbury has been... uh, pretty good for at least the last decade. So we follow him pretty closely. In December 9th, 2019, um, he made a year-end prediction for 2020 of 3650, 3,650 on the S&P 500. The index closed Friday at 3699. So he's 44 points off. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, looks like a very good call. He said he'd be fibbing it, you know, with with uh, COVID. He reduced it to thirty one hundred, and then they revised it again to to thirty six fifty for this year. So again, we're right at thirty six fifty, thirty six ninety nine on Friday. For next year, the fundamentals continue to suggest a bullish outlook. Our year in twenty twenty one calls for the S and P five hundred to be at forty two hundred, up about fifteen percent. <sighs> And we expect Dow Jones Industrial Average to rise above 
35,000. It just closed again yesterday at 30,000. 30, yeah, we recently crossing 30 was a big milestone. And he say it's going to be at 35,000 and the S&P 500 at 4,200. And he, it's it's not just a coin flip. He he goes on in this uh, blog to say we rely on a capitalized profits model. It takes into account the government's measure of profits from GDP reports, discounted by the ten-year Treasury note, calculated fair value. Uh, so anyway, their their corporate profits were up three point three percent from a year ago to a record high. So he put, there are a number of factors that they use to co consider. Uh, where they're going to be. He says, obviously, the year ahead is not without risk. This is Brian Westbury again. Perhaps the various vaccines will be rolled out more slowly than anticipated. Perhaps the Georgia Senate elections in early January result in the House, Senate, and White House that all agree to more aggressive tax hikes than markets currently anticipate. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. More likely, we anticipate the vaccines will work roughly as advertised. Businesses will continue to improve in handling the obstacles posed by the illness and by government shutdowns alike. More like the illness of the government shutdowns. I think that should be combined. <laughs> anyway, the uh, uh, Senate will remain a check on aggressive tax hikes. Uh, new entitlements, highly unlikely. In addition, it looks like trade conflicts with other countries will ease. So they've been bullish since 2009, Profits and interest rate drives their stocks. We let these factors determine our outlook. Again, that's that's a key sentence. It says profits and interest rates drive stocks. It's it's not politics. It's not fear. It's not greed. It's, it's not, just it's not COVID. It's just the or, math. Well, that's why I think so a lot have, of so if you have low interest rates yeah. and companies are making a lot of money, it's likely that stocks are going to go up regardless of who's in there. And he says it's not likely we're going to have huge tax policies that are going to kill that. That's the key thing. So that's why he's optimistic about next year. Historically, Jeff, I know conservatives, Republicans might want to think that, well, we do better in the market when, you know, Reagan was in office, when Bush and uh, Trump. I think history shows that it's pretty much a wash, despite is, Democrat or it, Republican it leadership. It is pretty much a wash. A lot of times, it's and, and this this there's no way it can't sound political. But a lot of times, Republicans are sent to clean it up, and then they it it slowly drifts back. You know, lower taxes, less regulations, um, a great uh, economic environment, low interest rates. Those things are are good. If you pile on regulations, if you pile on those things, which are inevitable, it's likely to happen again. Those are things that drag the market. Then a new regime comes in and cleans yeah. that up again. So. Well, ebbs and flows. And uh, presidents, not just about the economy. There's social issues that, that are, you know, there's a lot of different things, Jeff. On this show, of course, we talk about money, your retirement plan. We talk about the economy, finances. So that's generally the direction. So in other words, relax, everybody, right? I think so. And John, I would think that you would agree with that. You might have some different insights. Um, no, I completely agree. You know, profits drive the stock price is a huge correlation between those two. And if companies are in a, you know, regu regulation, not regulation free per se, but in a market environment right. where they can make easy business decisions and not have to pay too much interest for the debt they take on to, you know, buy new equipment, new buildings, etc. It, it's a it's a good environment to, to have higher stock prices, which, of course, affects your retirement. Absolutely. Interesting, Jeff, how certain sectors those obviously are suffering. Hospitality, we don't have to get into it, but we know restaurants and bars and movie theaters and cruise ships and airlines are, are all down. And it may take a while for them to come back. On the other hand, something like last hour, a real estate show, right? That that 
industry is thriving right now. They've been doing remarkably well, and, and you know Bob and Craig run a pretty good operation as well, so that helps. Uh, but uh, yeah, there are the other businesses, and we'll see what happens when they start to open up. This vaccine could be the cover that a lot of the states need. People a lot start of to travel again. Need for traveling, for going to movies, for all that stuff. Yeah, and it's not just here. But when you're traveling, how about the other ports you're going to? How are they treating it? Are they getting the vaccine? Are they, you know, do you have to worry about the port that you stop at? I think there's a lot of moving parts to it. But again, mostly positive, especially when you look at that vaccine and how low things are right now. It's got. You would think the logic would dictate it would go up. The Coal Investment Group is. World headquartered in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The latest uh, move and their address is fantastic. In Racine, right at Highway 20 and the freeway. Can't miss it. Besides Waukesha and Racine, Port Washington. you got a beautiful office. Views oh, of yeah. Lake Michigan. Yeah, beautiful. Yep, you bet. And then, of course, lovely and warm Phoenix, Arizona, Jeff. Absolutely. Now, our world headquarters is easily, uh, nicely located, too, right by the Machine Shed, re- or just north of the Machine Shed Restaurant and uh, uh, Thunder Bay Grill. And those, you know, there's a pro health care right there. So that's pretty conveniently located for Lake Country, for uh, Waukesha, for Delafield, Oconomowoc, all that, for Brookfield, Elm Grove, very, even Milwaukee, very easily located. Uh, uh, easy to get to co- the, at uh, the Kowal Investment Group. Uh, 262-522-4040. com is the website. I hate this term, but I'm going to use it anyway. When we come back, we're going to do a deep dive into retirement talk. We got a lot of time with John White on this program. We're also going to hear from Aaron Kowal with this week's Boss Minute Business Owner Savings and Security as we continue the retirement clinic. We're in Madison and WIBA, WISN Milwaukee, of course. Your host is the president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Cronforst, and again, questions, text us or call us on the Acunet Mortgage Line, 799-1130. That is 414-799-1130. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. We have discussed the important role of succession plans several times in this segment, but rarely do we talk about what happens after. Business owners that are taking the time to prepare succession plans are not necessarily planning for the life of their business beyond their exit, which can hurt the likelihood of survival after the transfer. It's estimated that roughly 75% of small businesses do not survive the transition from the previous owner. In large part, this is due to poor succession planning. So the question is, how can you help your business survive succession? There are several key steps to building a strong succession plan for your business, and two in particular that can help set your business up for the long-lived success after your transition. The first is prepare key documentation regarding the fate of the business should anything unexpected happen leaving the owner unable to attend to the business. A continuity plan will help the business to operate successfully without the current owner, regardless of the cause or reason for departure. The written plan should include who will manage day-to-day business decision-making, who will oversee payroll, who will manage the tax filings of the business, and who will be available as a trusted resource to offer the new manager or owner valuable advice. The other key component is to prioritize retention. It's important to put measures in place to strengthen employee retention through potential and unexpected ownership transitions. Without the appropriate steps in place to ensure consistency in organizations, likely your employees will start looking for other jobs and the business won't last. 
It's important to ensure your employees continue to be paid the same salary and keep their benefits. Stability is key. You may even want to consider implementing a stay bonus structure for employees. It's important to be extremely thorough while creating a continuity or succession plan for your business. Ensuring that nothing has been overlooked and everything necessary is in place can mean a successful future for your business long after your exit. If you need help planning for your business, give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thekowalway.com. Today's Boss Minute brought to you by Aaron Kowal. That is the Business Owner Savings and Security Weekly feature. And Jeff, real quickly, for regular listeners, they hear it every week. We... We do that segment for a reason. Business owners have a retirement plan. Many times it's their business. That's right. Uh, We encourage them to have multiple sources of retirement income, including installing a retirement plan. Uh, But if you, um, more and more people have come to us who own their businesses or want to use their businesses as their um, source of income for the rest of their lives once they sell their business or leave it. So uh, Aaron plays a big part in that. Uh, we have a lot of uh, business owners as clients and those that have sold their businesses. So again, the koalway.com, you can go there and find out more information about our services with regard to that. From the Koal Investment Group, joining us along with Jeff Koal today is John White. And I know you and John, Jeff, want to talk about Roth IRAs. We're going to get, as I said, a deep dive. We're going to get into it. <laughs> that being said, If you've got questions about a Roth IRA and how they play into your retirement plan, now would be the time to call in the show. And we're going to turn it over to Jeff and John, but the number is 799-1130, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Give us a call, 799-1130. Everybody likes tax-free. Roth IRAs are tax-free. But there is some uh, roadblocks to get there. John did some research on a blog that he did, and John, take it away. Yeah, uh, on the website, thecoalway.com, we have a blog that, that we just put up called The 10 Things That You Must Know About Roth IRA Accounts. Um, and, of course, I don't have time to cover all 10, but I will cover what I feel are the top four. Um, the, obviously, the first one being that Roths are completely tax-free so long as you're older than 59 and a half and have held the Roth IRA for more than five years. Um, Roths actually got their start back in 1998. Uh, it was uh, Senator William Roth that... Uh, penned the uh, the law into effect, uh, allowing taxpayers to get tax-free money in retirement. And, you know, I, I got to say as a financial advisor, I just love Roths. Um, if I can be uh, not too overly patriotic and pay too much in taxes, Roth is going to be one of the best ways of going about doing that. Not too overly um, patriotic. I like how you put that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a patriot, but only to a certain extent. That's right. If I can get tax-free and not pay taxes, I don't have to be overly patriotic. That's good, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, um, you have to have earned income to contribute to a Roth, and there are income limits on the Roth to be able to do it. Uh, but you know, that gets me to my second point. So, how else do you do it? Maybe you're making too much in income. Um, maybe at retirement, you've got a, a big IRA account rolled over from a 401k. How can we get money into the Roth then? Well, we can do what's called Roth conversions. Now, with Roth conversions, basically, all you're doing is saying, okay, um, rather than uh, you know. Pay, pay taxes uh, when I take the distribution out in my IRA, I will convert some of that money over to a Roth and take the tax hit now. Now, of course, it might not make sense to do that. There's a lot of planning that goes into that decision. We need to make sure that um, you have money outside in a taxable account to pay the taxes when they come due on that conversion. And we also kind of have to look at what future tax rates may be 
because of course, if the tax rates are higher in retirement, then it's definitely worthwhile considering. Now, of course, with the election, with the Senate and everything else, we just don't know what taxes are going to do. I'd say that they're probably not going to change too much, if at all. But, you know, maybe 20 years from now, when you've retired in your 60s and you're now in your 80s, maybe tax rates will be higher. So doing that Roth conversion way back when was definitely a good idea. Um, so Roth conversion is another, another key point to know about Roth. John, let's back up just a um, little bit on your, your first point, the Roth contributions. The taxes have to be paid. This is, these are taxes that are paid on a regular basis. So that's, there is a price to pay to get to tax-free status. <clears throat> so that is um, you know, your contributions. Um, so your first point with the contribution, contributory Roth IRAs, that can be done until April 15th. The Roth conversions must be done by December 31st. That is, you don't get a do-over on that. If you don't do it by December 31st, you don't do it for 2020. And that's very important, too. Yeah, absolutely right. So you have until the end of the tax year, do your conversion, and up until April 15th of the following year to contribute to your Roth IRA. And then, of course, you know, back in 2006, that's when uh, Roth uh, Roth options became an option on your 401k plan. And they're becoming more and more popular now as time moves on that we're seeing more and more people get a 401k Roth option. And that's good for people that are making too much money for a regular Roth IRA. So therefore, they can contribute to their Roth 401k and, and have tax-free money that way as well. Um, and of course, with the Roth conversions, um, you might be thinking into the next point here about your future heirs. You know, who is going to get this money when you pass away? And and this is one thing, one of the things about 2020 and, and, and all the craziness this year is that we've kind of forgotten about the SECURE Act that got passed uh, around this time last year. Um, and with the SECURE Act, they changed the rules when you inherit money as a non-spouse. So if your children get the IRA, a regular IRA, they will have to empty out that account within 10 years of getting the money. And of course, that's going to require a lot of taxes to be paid because there's been no taxes paid on that money. Of course, if you do a Roth conversion and they inherit the Roth, yes, they still have to empty out the account in 10 years, but all of it is completely tax-free. Um, so huge, huge planning point for people that are thinking about their future heirs. Um, and of course, with the mindset being that taxes may be higher at that point when you do inherit the Roth. That's a very good point. You know, because for for a lot of times, the next generation, John, uh, they'll be, uh, they could potentially be inheriting that money at a time when they're at the peak of their income. And now they've got the uh, IRA money coming in and the, the accounts have to be emptied within 10 years, not over life expectancy. So you pile that income on top of presumably a high income that could be uh, so do some damage to your taxes. Yeah, absolutely. That could be a huge tax hit for your heirs. And so another reason to considering uh, doing a Roth conversion, um, and with the Roth conversions, we do look at the current tax legislation, which for um, individual and joint filers, the, the, the Trump tax cuts look to sunset in 2025. And so now might be a better time to start considering these options. Um, but again, it's a another excellent basis. point, John. <laughs> no, they're likely to go up, you know, especially, yeah. you know, you, you think about Biden, uh, President Biden being in there. President Harris, you mean? And President Harris. I'm sorry. Yeah. I stand corrected um, that uh, th that they're not likely to the, the tax cuts that you mentioned are set to expire in 2025. 
yeah, what are the chances that they're going to uh, give a full-throated endorsement to continuing those tax cuts? Nil. Nil, that's right. Zilch. So they are likely to go up. So that's a good point. If you're going to uh, be think about converting, now might be a good time to do it because between now and 2025, um, the taxes are likely to be lower. See, unlike yeah. President Clinton, who ran as a moderate to get elected and it worked, and even it, when he... When as president, Jeff, we had a pretty good economy, like you said before, right? The, the Obama years, pretty solid economy. Uh, Biden and Harris are making no doubt about it. They're out there campaigning, saying we are raising taxes. We're going to do it. Well, yeah, they, they have to have the ability to do it. They have to have a Congress that's going to endorse it. And that's why it's important as Georgia elections are important to at least put some. The runoffs are critical on, in Georgia right now. Checks and balances on that because, you know, any tax hike that comes to. President Harris's desk is going to get signed into law. Yeah. President Harris. Do people know that we're having fun? We do understand Biden's going to be. Might uh, be, yes. Might be. (laughs) It's still not over. The fat lady has not done singing yet, right? She's warming up, though, and she's like in her first verse. That's how I look at it. John White, before we wrap up the Roth, any other thoughts on the advantages yeah, uh, one more thing to highlight, and please check out the blog on our website because there are way more points that I cover. Uh, but one of the big ones is with a Roth, there are no required distributions in retirement. So with your traditional IRA, again, this was a change that happened with the Secure Act around this time last year, that the, re- the required minimum distribution age got pushed up from 70 and a half to 72. Now with the Roth, there is no required distribution. Unlike the IRA, you've got to start taking distributions out of that account. With the Roth, there's zero required distributions. So out of all of your retirement accounts, the Roth has the longest time horizon. And this is a case-by-case thing. But I would say if that is the case, which it certainly is, you could afford to maybe take a little bit more investment risk and hopefully get higher returns in the Roth rather than the traditional IRA. So there's many moving parts to Roths. You'll notice that on the blog, there's lots of rules and regulations. But uh, it is a great vehicle for people looking to get some tax-free money and do some really good estate planning. Uh, for the benefit of their heirs, there's so many advantages to it, and that's why I love Roth so much. Yeah, just to piggyback on what John was saying, go, make sure you go to our website, thekowalway.com. Uh, check out his blog, uh, the uh, the ten things you must know about Roth IRA accounts. Uh, the other thing is John just touched on it, and this is brand new. Uh, three years, three rules, the new RMD requirements. Uh, he mentioned that Roth uh, IRAs do not have required minimum distributions right now. But on November 6th, and this, that, that'll hold even after November 6th, but on November 6th, the IRS released final regulations with new life expectancy tables for calculating RMDs, required minimum distribution from IRAs, and company retirement savings plan. The new life expectancy tables will result in somewhat smaller RMDs. So as an example, if you have a million dollars in your retirement account and at age 72 you're supposed to take out 4% or $40,000, you might have to take out $38,000 instead of $40,000. That's what they mean by result in somewhat smaller RMDs. However, they cannot be used until 2022. The IRS revised the current tables in effect since, they have been in effect since 2002. 
Now they redid the RMD tables to reflect longer life expectancies. November 2019, the IRS issued proposed regulations were intended to become effective for 2021, the new lower RMDs. However, <laughs> because the final regulations were issued so late in 2020, the IRS delayed the effective date to allow custodians and record keepers additional time to implement the systems. So, Paul, just think about this. We've got, you think retirement planning is complex, and John, you can chime in too if you like. Three years, 2020, 2021, and 2022, there are three sets of rules for all three years with required minimum distributions. Jeez. In 2020, RMDs were waived by the CARES Act, so you don't have to take them. In 2021, RMDs will once again come back using the old tables. In 2022, we have new life expectancy tables. So three years in a row, three different RMDs. Uh, you wonder, don't try this at home because <laughs> this changes constantly. We'll, we'll pick on the, after the break, Jeff, we'll, we'll get to that. We've got the sexy segment coming up. John White's blog, I'm looking at it right now. Tax-free income is a dream of every taxpayer. And if you save in a Roth account, it is a reality. Please check out these blogs. They're on Jeff's website. It is thekowalway.com. That's the website for the Kowal Investment Group. Jeff Kowal is your host. John White joins us today on the program the sexy segment coming up. It's about wealth management and preservation as we continue WISM Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. Oh, my baby, when she walks by, all the fellas go, and I know why. There it is, the music. We're back. WISN, WIBA, the Retirement Clinic. Jeff Kowal is here. John White joins us on the phone today, and we are live. So as we get going here, Jeff, in the second half of the show, first off, this segment, the sexy segment, is about wealth management and preservation. Each week, you've got a different spin on this segment. That's right. The show is for everybody, but as we say, if you have a million, two million, five million, ten million dollars or more, uh, we're uniquely equipped to help you with your retirement investment and, and estate planning. Uh, this show, this segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and then pass it on to your heirs. So that's the focus of this. Sometimes you just have so much money you don't want it all, and you want to disclaim it. And that's part of this. Uh, so the, the, the it was a, a two, two items I wanted to, to talk about. One is uh, what happens if a person who inherited the IRA dies before all the money is withdrawn. The second thing I want to start with first, refusing the inheritance. Can I decline to inherit an IRA? And if I do, who gets it? Yes, you can't disclaim some or all of an IRA, and you have nine months from the original IRA owner's death to decide whether you do. This decision cannot be reversed, so get professional advice for any of these assets. That's for who gets the money. So that's the first thing, Paul. So uh, And John, um, uh, you, some people just don't want the money uh, because they have enough. They want to pass that to their kids. There may be some health issues. There may be all kinds of reasons why you might want to disclaim an IRA or other assets. The problem is you have to know who the next beneficiary is. The decision cannot be reversed. And as for who gets the money, that will depend on the IRA provider's custodial agreement, which dictates what happens when a beneficiary isn't named or passes away before inheriting the account. Some IRA custodians pass the money on to the surviving spouse of the original IRA owner 
or to a contingent beneficiary is one in, if one is named. But in many cases, the funds become part of the deceased person's estate. So if you know who's going to get the money, if well, let's say I pass away, give it to Jane. Jane says, I know that the grandkids are named as a contingent beneficiary. And if I give it up, if I disclaim, the grandkids will get it. She might be thrilled with that. <laughs> or our or, kids or the kids. Or she might want it. Well, she might want it, but she could always disclaim it, or somebody else. If you were inheriting money and you want, and you knew that um, that your daughters were the contingent beneficiaries, yeah. you might say, eh, "You know what? I'll pass on. I'll disclaim my share." But you can't say, "I want to disclaim mine and have it go to my girlfriend." You can't do that, Paul. I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> no, okay, I knew that, but but you can't disclaim it. Said I wanted to go to my dog, or I wanted to go to. Um, to somebody else, you if the if the beneficiary is named, it goes down the channel. It goes down to the yeah. next one in line. You have no control over that. All you have control over is whether you take it or disclaim but it. I, wait, wait. I can name the beneficiaries, though, you, can't I? You cannot on this because oh. you're inheriting it. So it's not like a trust or Correct. life insurance you, or You're something. inheriting this money. So the choice is do you take it or not? If you take it as in an IRA, you're going to have to pay taxes on that. It'll be over 10 years. And you may say, no, the next generation needs it. I'll disclose it because I know who the next beneficiaries are. I'll just disclaim my portion and give it on to somebody else. You, you mentioned girlfriend. This is just me coming out of left field thinking, <laughs> thinking out loud. I here. was just joking, Paul. There's got to be things over the years where you've seen weird beneficiaries, like a, a mistress, a dog. Have you, has anybody wanted to leave money to their dog? No. Well, some have in their estate plan. They, they'll leave it to. Um, their dog or to a uh, uh, humane society or things like that. Yeah. Uh, the things that we've seen, and John, you may have seen something, but a lot of times in the beneficiary designations, what we'll see is the next boss. I remember, you know, if we had a, 20 years later, he still had his uh, ex-spouse named as the beneficiary. Uh, he had not remarried, but he had kids, and, and you know the kids would have been cut out because his ex-spouse would have gotten the money. So we changed the beneficiary. So that was on an old life insurance policy he had. You get, so, so you, those you got to remember to change those, and that's where an advisor needs to kind of remind yeah. you. Are you up to date, John? And want to chime in here? Any kind of I like these weird horror story <laughs> kind of things. <laughs> Any anything leap out, John? John is John with us, Spencer. There you go. Are you there? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, John, there. I know we can hear you. Um, um, yeah, I remember there was a case where there was four children that inherited an IRA, but they all had to sign off on an agreement with with the money being split four ways evenly. But one of the other kids wanted more money because they were taking care of the parent more than the other three were, and it caused this massive rift. And what it came down to was that if the fourth child didn't sign off, the money would actually end up going to the state of Wisconsin. Um, and they that that one individual dragged it right out to literally the last couple of hours, and then they finally signed, and it took three years for that to happen. Jeez. So, Whoa. Yeah, it can. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, and I think that's what a good estate plan does is it stops this kind of stuff from happening. Um, that's true. But you know, you know, the, these siblings were not obviously getting along, and so it, it caused. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't. But you think about it, you think it happens with the biggest of estates, but it could be ten cents and they're fighting over it. So. Oh, you and you hear these stories, and this is a, a way off topic, Jeff, but inheritance of a house. There's three, four kids involved. Parents leave their house, you know. Who's, who gets it? If yeah. it's not spelled out in that trust or a will, uh, don't the courts and probate that's decide? Why, yeah, that's why John's uh, point was good. If you know what you want done with your assets, with your, with your homes, with your belongings, with your uh, uh, investments, 
reduce it to writing. It, it makes it easier for everybody and stops fights uh, once you pass away. Let me just touch on this one other thing, Paul, before we move on. Uh, name a successor. What happens if a person who inherited the IRA dies before all the money was withdrawn? If a new owner dies before the account is emptied, anything left will go to a new owner's beneficiary, also called the successor beneficiary. IRA owners, even those for inherited IRAs, should always designate beneficiaries so that the assets avoid probate. The successor beneficiary does not get to restart the clock, but must finish taking out the money and whatever remains of the original 10-year window. For example, if the beneficiary dies in year seven, before the inherited IRA is depleted, the successor beneficiary has three years to withdraw the remaining funds. Um, but it's important that you do name a beneficiary. When somebody passes away, you think, I'll just get the money, and you think that's it. But if something happens to you, then what happens? And you don't want it to go into your state, or as John mentioned, go to the state, because anybody you name would probably do a better yeah, job with the money state, than the government. But- state of wisconsin right i don't want governor evers yeah anybody you name will probably do a better job than than the government with your money so you got that right john before we wrap up the sexy segment anything sexy you want to add to it (laughs) yeah i mean i just think that um some of the best you know when when the assets do pass someone you know to heirs some of the best plans i've seen have been when there's been discussions with the kids and it's very transparent about who's getting what and there is always one child that might take care of the parent more than the other ones do. And they should reduce that to writing saying, you know, so-and-so is taking care of dad more than everyone else's. So they're going to get a little bit more for, for that work that they're putting in. Um, and when that takes place, the assets move over with all this, you know, for example, that example I gave, the money was held up for almost four years um, and no one got a dime. And, you know, oh. it, it made things very difficult. Well, so, it was tied up in the courts, right? John? Yeah. Uh, yes, and between the siblings, because it, all it took was a document needed to be signed, but the, the one sibling refused to sign it until the very last minute. You know, you bring um, up a really, I think, an accurate point, Jeff, and I'm sure you've seen this over the years. In It's a normal family dynamic where probably one kid has more time or just closer to mom that they end up taking care of them more than the other siblings. Or maybe they don't even live in the same state, so they can't. Right. So then you get the, yeah, either hard feelings you, or I should get more because yeah, of that. And most would do it for the love of it, but some should be compensated as a result of that because they will, they're will. they putting in additional money. It's probably uh, a time and money that they're putting into that relationship. There's an emotional drainage. Yes. Uh, I most think of them goes, don't expect anything, but it would be nice if because of the extra expense that they get rewarded for or paid for it. So that was today's sexy segment with Jeff Kowal and John White. That was a good one. Now, after the break, we've got more time left as we continue the retirement clinic. Remember, on the Kowalway.com, the four year-end retirement planning must-dos. Make sure you check it out. There's four must-dos concerning year-end. We're getting there. We've got about 25 days left. So get on that website, thekowalway.com. Check it out. We'll be right back. WISN and WIBA. All right, the Buckinghams. You got to help me out on this. The, <laughs> the Buckinghams. Yes. 
Good stuff. Jay and I were dating back when this song, these songs were out. So. Yeah, it's true. Well, we played some Christmas music on my remodeling show. Uh, that's up to you. It's your show, Jeff. But uh, <laughs> Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. As we get closer to Christmas, we got to get some good stuff in there. Uh, I love this time of year. I absolutely oh, I love it. Yeah. But it is getting near the end of the year, so we reminded you. And we're going to get some final comments here as we wrap up today's retirement clinic. Jeff Kowal. And again, the Kowal Investment Group's website is awesome. Thekowalway.com. You'll find four year-end retirement planning must-dos. And Jeff, you alluded to John's own blog, and that was about four things you must know about Roth accounts. Oh, John, John, I'll touch in, uh, uh, chime in on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I highlighted four things in the show today, but there's 10 points. And some of those points are more like the nuances of, of how the, the Roth works and all the rules and stuff. But they're still very important to know. Uh, and, and again, huge part of a retirement plan, um, especially if we, if we take the stance that taxes are going to go up in the future, that, uh, you know, it's a great time to take advantage of Roths and, and uh, make them part of your retirement plan. There's a lot of 401k uh, investors, Jeff, this week that were pretty happy. They saw the Dow hit 30,000, 30, which is 500, a landmark. S&P 500, tech-heavy NASDAQ, all hitting records. There are some people that aren't feeling as good about it uh, only because the, the, the labor market is shrinking. And this is just one last thing I wanted to touch on. Uh, Paul, I think we have about a minute left. But uh, COVID shrinks the labor market, pushing out women and baby boomers. Boomers. Nearly 4 million Americans have stopped working or looking for jobs. The unemployment rate keeps falling. It was at 6.9%. I think on Friday it fell to 6.7%. 240 some new jobs added. But the labor participation rate, labor force participation rate, is starting to go down. We would we talk about that during the Obama years and that people were just so frustrated they stopped looking for jobs. Well, this is more out of necessity, but the supply of workers and their productivity are building blocks of economic growth. Uh, the economy has has uh, lost some people, and mainly it's those older ones uh, who left the workforce uh, when COVID hit, and the younger moms, the ones that were working, and now they have to take care of their kids. They have to uh, do school, kids aren't at school. schooling and things like that. That that so their hope, you know, the hope is that as the economy turns around, that that those sectors segments will come back as well. Uh, we thank John White for being with us. John, you're here Monday through Friday along with the other staff, many other staff members doing the market updates, the business reports on WISN and WIBA. John, have a great weekend. Thanks for your time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Jeff Kowal, of course. We should give out your phone number quickly. 262-522-4040. 262-522-4040. Our international toll-free number that, that, that works in Illinois actually works anywhere. 262-522-4040. Or go online at thekowalway.com. Thanks for tuning into the Retirement Clinic. We'll see you next week.